expressed so much excitement to do this toilet tissue conversation. I wondered why. He said that he could finally know more about internal matters. That's good. Indeed, through the toilet tissue conversation we had at Kunchi during the formless organisational matters conversation last year, we heard of internal conflicts in a very subtle way. I don't mean to sound like a culturalist because the culture of not speaking about the other in the room. Instead, attempts were made to find a way to acknowledge the tension indirectly without being sharp. But I don't think that, uh, but I think that's good because you don't uh, because you are talking about the elephant physically, meaning that you you don't expose the elephant's existence by pointing to numbers. I would prefer to concede that there is something wrong in you but not explicitly, say that a specific person causes it. Because if it's explicit, the group's dynamic can be consumed by their aversion to that person. And from, from what I feel in Kunji, there's a high tolerance towards personalities that we, that we think cannot be changed. Everyone knows there is an elephant in the room, but the focus is not how to make it visible, but how to deal with it together. Uh, this year I've been doing interviews with cooperatives and collective organizations uh, to ask them about their problems for <coughs> publication. Can you say what the common problems are? I wonder if there was any form, cooperative or communal type of organization that has no or at least less tension and conflict amongst those organizations, groups or collectives. No, they all have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> and do they have the same format? Very similar. The main issues were that there is no way of expecting natural rhythms of assembly and how the rhythm is imposed and not natural. With external agendas like fundraising and dealing with government support, curators and politicians, asking for something that requires quick response. You lose your own way of making decisions. The other issue is the idea of respecting members' temporality, like punctuality, for example. It's a really important issue. When you have this really strong program, and the meeting starts at 4, but you are not on time, and it's delayed by 2 hours, then the meeting starts with feelings of frustration. That is also what I was about to ask, whether what we are dealing with is necessarily about everyone participating in decision making. This also brings me to the question that I wanted to raise in the beginning. Why are we really interested in talking about this? And why are we so attached to working in an organisation in this manner? By working on Guangzhou Biennale, a larger organizational structure, I realized how aggressive these kinds of organizational machines are. So, further, I wonder how to deal with the aggressive machine on a micro level, on a macro level, without losing faith in the value of the micro politics, which we're spending a great deal of time on. I think it's interesting that you make a division between uh, external and micro politics. I think they're totally related, they feed off each other. How you deal with external pressures also affects how you're dealing with micropolitics and vice versa. To me, they mirror each other. Here we're dealing with quite an intricate matter of how affect works in relation to our value of a certain horizontality. Because we do care about things. You know, there exists a perfectly functioning organizational form 
in terms of achieving goals. And that form has a totally totalitarian structure. <laughs> is being a member about the idea of belonging to something you think is important, or is it more like you are really interested in what is happening because they are different? You also talked about it before in terms of addressing yourselves as family versus gang. Can you be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's been edited. <laughs> I am talking in, talking in terms of race politics. When I say the black subject, I also mean blackness in the widest sense. That is perhaps in the way that Fred Moulton and Stefano Hardney put black studies at the center of their undercommons project. That is also including brownness, yellowness, queerness, what have you-ness, but also insisting on valuing the differences within these communities. Ferdi, you also, Ferdi also pointed out the limitations to that. And the older I get, the more I think about the limitations because of, feeling, because of a feeling of disappointment I have in my primary gang. I don't know if an extension or ecosystem of this gang is possible. I can also extend this to my nuclear family with all its racial difference, if we touch upon that. But uh, would there be another gang that could alleviate this? Having several gangs is one way that I've come to think about it. This maneuvering amongst your several gangs becomes a question. How are we best to go about that? How to contribute fully in a committed way to several, and is it important to do so? Yet, is that approach whereby we are exhausted and have to unpack each time the right one? When does one just get to be without relating to or undoing whiteness as the primary thing? Mm. This is also my question. I don't think there's a right strategy for continuing struggles or way of collapsing them. That's why struggle is interconnected with others. And, and, so, it's why, and so it's why it's not challenged. Hmm? Okay. And so it's why it's not a challenge, by the way. 